0: Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34. Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, reporting for Status Quo News. Yesterday, the California Assembly was set to have a floor vote on their Medicare for All single payer bill, AB 1400, and it was pulled at the last minute from the bill's author, Osh Kalra. Here to discuss this with me today is Amar Shergill, who is the head of the Progressive Caucus for the California Democratic Party. And he also sits on e-boards, which means he's basically in leadership for the California Democratic Party. Welcome, Amar. Good morning. So last night was a wild ride. We had you on uh, yesterday, and I know you had one eye on the assembly floor as we were discussing uh, the aspects of AB 1400, the single-payer bill. But I did not see coming what actually happened yesterday. So after you got off of our live stream, a couple hours later, basically the bill was pulled um, without... Uh, foresight or explanation beforehand, um, what gives?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a big surprise for every, us. We, every one of us. We had expected a floor vote. There was never any discussion of anything other than that. And we were prepared to, you know, recognize and lift up those folks that are with us and, uh, you know, criticize and, and force consequences for those that weren't. But uh, we didn't get that vote and we didn't find out until just before the end of the session from a 70 member cholera that he had had uh, conversations with folks around the Capitol and arrived at the conclusion that um, in his estimation that that was the best path forward for the movement and for the bill and obviously a lot of us disagreed with that
0: In fact, let's talk about that. I joined your uh, Progressive Caucus debrief call last night. Um, Osh did show up to the call to talk about the reasons he did what he did. And he was roundly taken to task by most of the activists uh, and delegates on the phone. Uh, You're right. One of the things he mentioned was the reason he did it is he thought it was more beneficial for the movement in the long run, that he thought that perhaps some of these assembly members that were going to vote no could be moved to the yes column in a future date but here's the deal. We don't get to bring this bill back now for another year. So it's going to be next January. Um, One of the criticisms that he experienced was that he did this unilaterally, unilaterally, meaning he did talk to his activist partners partners before making this decision. And I think um, the impression I got was that most of the activists on the phone realized that the bill wasn't going to pass, but that wasn't the point. The point was to get the assembly members on record who weren't going to support single payer in the state, which is something that is massively popular with uh, constituents and voters in the state. So why wouldn't you do this unilaterally when it would be beneficial for the movement to find out who those assembly folks are and either replace them or lobby them?
1: Yeah, I think we certainly talk about, you know, the two paths, uh, you know, the path we wanted to follow with a, with a vote and then an accountability project versus his path, which is no vote. And then, you know, try to come back. But one thing that he admitted yesterday and all of us were upset about is that there's just no consultative process on his decision. You know, if he, if, you know, he came to us a year ago and said, I want you to buy into this process. He came to the California nurses and we agreed to work with each other. And there's trust built on that. If at any point he was considering a, you know, not having a vote, then we deserved a consultation. And without that, He shouldn't have taken that decision because it's not just this one project right when assembly members do that it damages their reputation and if he's a leader in the movement it hurts the progressive movement so the next time the bill is up there's no guarantee that folks are going to be willing to follow him or the nurses are willing to work with him and then you got to start fresh with somebody else or we have you know some folks who say we'll go with him some folks who don't so it, it doesn't really matter you know, what path we take from here, there's some damage done to his ability to lead the movement. Um, And, you know, we'll try to to bring things back together, but it just makes things more difficult. And when, you know, we believe we were gonna get a vote, we should have got a vote.
0: Oh, indeed. And, you know, part of the process was that uh, you folks in the Progressive Caucus had made really clear that you were gonna withhold endorsement from any assembly person that did not vote yes on this bill. Osh knew that they knew that, so it sort of comes across at this point um, that he was protecting these individuals from losing endorsement. Do you think that's true?
1: Yeah, we had that discussion. I asked him directly that uh, last night, and you know, maybe he didn't want to you know use those words protecting him, but um, that's what he did, right? And he's very clear that his uh, rationale for the decision is that he felt that if you put people up on a vote. And you expose them to the harsh criticism. You actually turn off some people that might be with you a year from now because they get entrenched in their position in their positions, and they go back to you know being friendly with corporations rather than continuing to consult. Now we disagree with that, um, but that is his good faith decision, and I believe uh, that you know he is saying what he believes to be true that that is a better path forward. And one point that he did raise, and I do think this is true, is that um, if the bill goes, goes down hard like it was expected to and it wasn't close, that there may not, and you, you get folks entrenched in their positions, it could have been three or four or five years before you get this bill back. And the path that, okay. um, you know, that he has proposed is that we come back again next year. You haven't um, you know, radicalized people against you you elect some uh, folks that are more progressive and there's some open seats, you get some progressives in there and you take another run at it and you do better. Look, and that's his good faith position, I just don't agree with it. I think we do better um, in this moment when we energize our movement, when we get folks out there into the field against bad candidates, for good candidates, when it's very clear where the division lines are. This is a state that we won for uh, Bernie in the presidential primary. And that's because we knew who our ally was and we were willing to fight for that. We know how to win those battles. And that right. was just a, a much um, more productive path the way that I see it. Um, you know what? We, he he picked he made a decision. It was the wrong one. And now, you know, we're all going to have to deal with the consequences.
0: Indeed. In fact, Osh was a Bernie Sanders uh, surrogate. I saw him on the road uh, in Iowa um, and Nevada both when he was a surrogate for Bernie Sanders. So he he is obviously a big supporter of Medicare for all. Um, my question is this. So these folks that supposedly become more entrenched in their more conservative tendencies, maybe those are the, the folks that need to be primaried and replaced. I mean, again, this is a bill that's incredibly popular with constituents and voters. And if these assembly folks aren't voting yes on it, They're uh, not taking the position of their constituents, and that's not their job, right? They're supposed to, they're put in that position of power to respond to what their constituents want. So I think putting them in the spotlight is what needs to happen because voters have a right to know if somebody is just giving them lip service. I have no doubt that several of these assembly folks have publicly stated that they supported the bill, but behind closed doors, Weren't, we're, we're probably not willing to come to the table because of donors or whatever else and actually vote yes on it. Um, so there seems to be a tension there. Would you agree with that? Yeah,
1: I think you're right, starting out with the fact that it's an incredibly popular uh, proposal, right? The teachers are behind the California Labor Federation, the <laughs> University of California Students Association, and on and on and on. Yeah. Um, and you know every poll we put out there, um, it's a popular bill. Um, the only folks left opposing this are really just the folks that are profiting off of yeah. the continuing <laughs> death and um, right. uh, and malady, you know, opposed upon people for no good reason, right? Suffering for no good reason on the people of California. And what yeah. we wanted to do was identify those folks that weren't uh, with us. And, you know, yeah, you know, so maybe some of those folks would have gotten entrenched, but you know, we deserve the fight. We deserve to know who's with us right. and who's against us. And democracy is empowered when we have these votes. You know, voters make better decisions when they have more information. And if we had those that vote in front of us, we could deliver that um, in our messaging to um, the voters during a campaign and get our progressive candidates some assistance in their primary battle. So, you know, we weren't given that. And uh, I think it's just a mistake. There's just no way around it. Um, look folks, it's a it's a tough night. It's just no way around it. We uh, put a lot of effort into this over the last couple of months, myself included, and some of us have been working on this for over a year, right? And um, there's just no way around the fact that it's tough. One it's tough that we lost, that we didn't win, but it's especially tough that we didn't get a vote because what we really wanted was, Uh, to find out who would go on the record and who wouldn't figure out who we should be challenging, which endorsements we are going to pull. And like you, I expected uh, today at the very least uh, for that to happen. I was always uh, sort of cautiously pessimistic, Um, but um, hey, it's a tough night and uh, I'm not going to uh, beat around the bushes uh, anymore. I'm going to invite uh, sunday member Calra, on to just uh, explain uh, what happened today, and then we'll uh, we'll ask them some questions. Right. So, so i call her, if you're here. If you could start the video, and then I'll pin your video. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the 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 question everybody's asking is what happened.
2: Yeah. And I look. I know everyone's angry at me, and and some are gonna, you know, don't even want to hear from me, and I get that um and look you know at the end of the day a couple things and I, there was a question there is how does this serve the cause uh you know in, in in getting single pair because that's really um you know what we all want and, and we we knew and even you made reference to it umer that um we, we knew it was gonna or, or in all likelihood uh going to go down today i think that the 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 vote was gonna actually be far more uh, you know, dramatic, I think that, you know, we were going to probably be double digits or more in, in losing the vote. And so, um, you know, I had the, the, my calculation is a couple things. One is um, the vote losing, you know, what impact it has on the cause. You know, I, I think that's debatable. Uh, certainly, I think it's a bad look, but, you know, I, I think it's also important to hold the vote as well. If think that's the folks that have that you know, want to force the vote, it's, it's absolutely valid in that. I do think that for the most part, folks know where their legislator is, whether they voted for it or not. And this is the, the this is one of the key factors. We're short for Democrats, three seats of which I believe will be replaced by folks that are in support of not just single payer, but 1400. We have at least several others, a half a dozen more or more that could very well be elected by January in the same position. So we have anywhere from four to eight or nine more legislators that will be in the legislature that will be advocates for, not just supportive of single-payer, but advocates for single-payer. That being said, that even with those votes, we're going to need some of the current incumbents to also be on board. Um, Given the two-year bill nature of the bill, we didn't know if it was gonna get through housing committee, let alone to the floor of the assembly. Um, and given the that short time frame, I've had a lot of, i mean I spent many hours on the phone in zooms and conversations with my colleagues that many of them weren't there. A good number of them, I believe will be there or can be there um with more time and opportunity to get them there. And we need them in addition to any new members, uh you know, I'm supporting four. Uh, you know, four corporate free candidates right now for, uh, around the state that I hope all win. But th- the reality is that even with those new members, you know, we need some of the current members to get on board. And I didn't believe having a vote that was going to lose dramatically and lose by a lot was going to help get those members there. That was my call. That was my, my you know, strategic evaluation of the situation Um, I take the hit for it, I take the blame for it. If no one wants to trust me or talk to me again, I get it, but I don't believe that it would have served, you know, the the cause of getting single pair done by having the boat and having it go down in flames and, you know, further alienating, you know, members that, you know, would not have been there today, but I believe absolutely, based upon the conversations I've had with them, meant numerous conversations, that we can absolutely get them there and that includes getting more allies on board more labor allies on board more folks on board that i think can help move more of the votes and so that's not a satisfactory answer i know to most of you but the reality is that it was you know if we know it's going to die anyway and it's not going to make next year, what makes it more what's it make what puts it in a position to be as successful as possible moving forward that was my opinion my evaluation based on one-on-one conversations I had with dozens of members that rather than having the vote, which, you know, certainly you'll get an up or down vote from folks. But like I said, I think you probably know where most of the members are already. Um, And I think we had the opportunity to move some of them, um, you know, by not having the vote rather than having it and having them get stuck in their position because what they had to do the vote and went down in flames and, you know, they're not going to give it another opportunity because it was a relatively short period of time to get it to folks and to get people to to dig into it. Um, we were answering questions left and right. One member gave us 26 questions over the weekend that my staff worked diligently to answer. But at the end of the day, um, that member and others um, you know, weren't there. Uh, and we were getting responses from members, even as recently over the last day or two, as whether they were there or not. This is not something that a week ago, this was with the plan. Um, it was something that, that um, you know, using my gut instinct as well as my strategic instinct, my relationship with my colleagues, that I believe I can get there um, with, with more time, work, and, and you know, uh, you know, working on policy aspects of the bill, very specific policy aspects of the bill that they felt like unless they were addressed. They weren't comfortable going up on the bill, but they, as opposed to some of those that are just never going to be there, which are certainly a number of them as well.
1: All right. So let me ask some of the questions that I know everybody has. And first of all, thank you for coming on and being transparent. You came on before when we were working on CalCare. So it makes sense for you to come on tonight, uh, but you didn't have to. So thank you for that. But um, but let's play this out, right? We thought that today we'll have we were going to have an up or down vote. And then, you know, the people that were against us or against the bill, we would uh, maybe pull their endorsement. We would put pressure on them, continue to have conversations with them and then, you know, either defeat them or the next time up, um, you know, they know what pressure is on them and maybe we get a better result. But you obviously didn't believe in that. What did you think was going to what did you think was going to happen if we had an up or down vote? And, um, you know, a bunch of these people were on the record as being against us. Why do you think they would have been lost to us and we couldn't just bring them around or defeat them? Um,
2: You know, based upon conversations, conversations with them, conversations based upon very specific issues, very specific issues they have with the bill that needed to be worked on. It wasn't just, you know, kind of hiding the ball and just not beat were There were some, and I think part of the problem is, that you know, because of the two year bill process and the the very short timeline for engagement, um, you know, I, that's the difference. I think we put it up for a vote and they're not there. they I, I think most of these folks that I'm referring to, you know wouldn't vote no, but they just wouldn't vote for it. And I, I think that by putting them in in, a, in that position, knowing that we that the bill was not going to pass anyway, um, would have further alienated them and I think would have made it harder to get them on board. And, you know, as much as I've lost credibility with almost or pretty much all of you, I think losing that credibility with them for the ability to get them on board um, would have f- forever damaged the ability. I think it would have potentially been another five year wait, um, just like with, you know, 562 before we could bring something up uh, and do it, as opposed to now where we have the opportunity, I believe, to continue to move it forward. I think we made, you know, look, we, we did things with this bill that hadn't been done before, which includes putting a funding mechanism has never been done in the history of any single payer bill, getting it through health committee, getting it through appropriations. And I, I think that, you know, it was going to die on the floor with a vote or without it. I think that there's a better opportunity um, to get newer legislators in and couple that with some of the incumbent legislators that we can get on board.
1: All right. So um, obviously so many of us disagree. I disagree yeah, with that. Absolutely. I, I get it. Vote. I get um, it.
2: Not all my colleagues agree with me. Like, I mean, we had some really in-depth conversations, uh, even with some of the co-authors and some agree, some didn't. Um, and, you know, um, I, I think that it was hard. I mean, look, you know, it was very hard to make, to make the decision. You know, we could have had a, Um, a a very long hearing and, and, you know, had the Republicans spew their stuff, which is whatever, um, because I'm always happy to debate them. Um, But, you know, I I think that, um, I think that it could have, I think that it's in a better position for the future, even though in the short term, it sucks. I I think that it makes it more plausible going forward.
1: Okay. Okay. So obviously so many of us are, are not okay with that decision. And, but even, you know, it's, I know that you're acting in good faith and this is what you believed was correct, but, you know, we're over here saying that, look, you've damaged activist spirit, right? Because we felt, with so many of us now, are feeling like our own people let us down and the nurses are upset. And next time around we're thinking, all right, are you really even going to be able to lead this given the fallout from all this. And if it's not you, I mean, how many other people really have the courage to um, to fight this? So ha- have you not hurt us? Even if you believe that, okay, so there's some members that you've protected and they'll be better for us next time. Would there even be a next time now that this whole process is damaged?
2: No, no I mean, look, it's not about, look, I, I know that the, 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 the sentiment is that it's done to protect members. I didn't, like, I can care less about the members that are, you know, corporate, that are never going to vote for this. It was the fact that there are members that I think very genuinely, um, you know, want to continue to have that conversation that weren't there yet, that I truly believe in my heart that if we can get the votes up and continue to work with them, I think they can be there. And I think being four four Democrats short, you you know, already being, you know, it's just, it was... An assessment that I believe that with new members coming in, many of whom will be, I believe, supportive, puts us in a much stronger position.
1: Okay, well you. I mean, you can couch it in a different way, but it. I think it's fair to say that there are some members who you think could be allies or could vote yes at some time in the future, and you want to protect them from scrutiny and and negative repercussions. I
2: to, I, 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 listen, I I don't think anyone should be protected from scrutiny. Look, at the end of the day. You've all had the conversations just as I have with so many of the members. You know where they were, whether they were there, not there, whether they were no. I mean, I get that the, a vote you know, puts it out in, in the public forum like that, but I think most people know like who is for the bill and not. I mean, you can talk to them, and, and you know, I've got so many activists that met with folks who said my member said that they yes, they're going to vote yes, even if they're not a co-author. You know, that all came out, but I get you know, I, I,
1: no, I actually I don't think you can have it both ways. Is that either those people are known to us and they get to vote no, and we get they get the negative repercussions of that, or there is some advantage to not putting them on the record, and we're trying to protect them from the negative scrutiny that comes with voting no. I mean, it it that is what we've done here, and um, I know you believe that to be the right path, but let's not call it something other than it is, we are protecting them from negative scrutiny of a no vote. I mean, we just did that. Yeah,
2: no, absolutely fair. At the, the, the end of the day, if the, the vote doesn't happen, then you can't say you didn't vote for it or you voted no or you voted yes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so the, the next question is, all right, so there's this group of five, six, 10 people, whatever it is, that could be allies We wanna protect them. But you and I both know, and you've said, Publicly, And I have said publicly from the very beginning that there are some assembly members that have just bad faith from the beginning and always bring up bullshit arguments without even reading the bill. They're spewing arguments. They're using Republican talking points. Um, they were going to vote no. They never provided amendments like over a year. They never handed you an amendment. Right. They never came say, OK, let's work on the bill. I believe everybody is, should have health care. There are people that are clearly fine with taking corporate money, taking medical insurance money, and are clearly fine with people dying in California just because they cannot get health care. So why don't we name those?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I I, I get that that's what a vote allows it to do. I mean, I'm, you know, we, we have... A lot of problems trying to get a lot of bills through, a lot of progressive bills. We barely got two five seven out today, um, literally by you know, we just got it just by the right amount of votes. Um, and that's something we were working on since last year. Um, we couldn't get an LS Act. we couldn't get an LS Act vote today because the, the votes were far short as well. Um, and so you know, um you're right. I mean, I think that having a vote would allow it to be really clear. And I look for the folks, those who say that I effed up and messed up, I I take it on the chin. Like, you know, this, my call is a bad call. It's a bad call. And if if folks don't trust me, if I'm not trusted to carry the bill, I get it. But I'm, I'm the one that's had the conversations with so many of the members that I believe um, will be there if we can get more members in support, uh, because that gives more cover going up on a bill that's going to lose is much more um, challenging for some folks that aren't quite there than not voting on a bill that's not going to make it. All
1: right. So let me, I'll just say one final thing and then I'll uh, open up to questions. And I know folks are going to be respectful with their questions. I see the people lined up and feel free to be tough, but I think we should also uh, realize that we're trying to engage in dialogue and help the movement, not just beat each other up. Um, But look, if we've we have done what we did to protect some fe- people from negative feedback, and you think we might get them in the future. But there is this group of people that are not our allies. Why can't you just say, look, here are the four or five people that are hardcore no votes. They were never gonna be with us on this vote. Um, and they killed this bill. Um, they might be they might be allies on five or six other things, but on this thing, they're the bad guys. So that we know these are the people that we should target.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say exactly. I mean, I know, I know that they, you know, look, there's a there's a collection of moderate democrats that don't vote for any of these things. I mean, you can kind of look up the the, the vote on AB257 and see who voted for it and who didn't, even though it got a majority, you know, 41 votes. Um, and it's hard to say, but it's, it's hard to say because they don't identify themselves as a caucus similar to we do as a you know as a progressive caucus. Right. And so the votes, you know, it's all out. I mean, you can look at you know, votes on a a wide range of issues and it's, it becomes very apparent. Now, um, there are different, there are different voters. There are some who vote more moderate that are in, in bluer districts. They vote right of their district. There are some in more conservative districts that are genuinely kind of scared of the purpleness of their district. And so, you know, I think that there's a difference between those kinds of Democrats.
1: All right. Well, um, I can tell everybody that, that's on the that's watching this today that the progressive caucus our challenge going forward is that we will be naming names right and we will be telling folks that didn't support calcare if they weren't an author if they weren't a co-author if they weren't publicly advocating for this bill um then we'll be doing everything we can to pull their endorsements that was our plan before it will be our plan now and it's up to those assembly members nobody gets it nobody has promised an automatic endorsement yeah, right yeah. the bylaws allow us to pull it we're going to pull the endorsement and then it's up to assembly members to sell themselves and talk to their yeah, uh, delegates and explain why they uh, you know deserve our endorsement and if Listen, they don't get endorsed I, I, they don't get I agree
2: with that so much i mean there are folks that, are saying that they want to pull my endorsement because for, for me holding the vote. absolutely they have that right i've never shied away from accountability whether it's doing something progressives like or don't like doing something my moderates in my district, like, you know, I have no problem with that. Um, I don't think anyone's entitled to an endorsement and this wasn't done to protect folks from getting or not getting an endorsement.
1: All right, Carolyn Fowler, I'm going to ask you to unmute and join us please. Carolyn Fowler is the chair of the uh, women's caucus and a delegate to the California democratic party and a longtime activist. So I'll add her and, uh, ask her to start video if she can, and bring her in. Go ahead, Carol.
3: I'm not sure if you can see me, I'm sitting in the dark, because that's how depressed I am.
1: <laughs> All right, well, we can hear you, go
3: ahead. Sorry about that. Um, I, I guess my question is, uh, Amr, and really to Ash, uh, I had never heard one concrete concern even from my own member, full de- full disclosure, uh, Autumn Burke, and I did get. She was planning to vote. I don't know whether that's true. They, I got a text saying she has not changed her position on this. That's the text I got this morning when I asked. They met Friday. I asked what are the concerns that she had. So I don't. All I can say is according to what I got, she was planning to vote, but she resigned. So that's neither mute. I would like to hear, Osh, what specifically, because we never heard. People were asking people, yeah. what are your concerns so we can address them? And I know you were, like you said, you got 26 questions. Yes. What, but but to, to have something that people could not move this forward, even if ultimately uh, we got to the other side and, you know, it ended up being a no. Because we had ACA 11, too what yeah. that they couldn't bring themselves to support it to move it forward for further discussion is what pisses me off it, it depends it depends
2: on some of the members there's a couple certainly some of them came up with the issues or some of the issues they were concerned with with how to do with retiree health care including those like union retiree health care and the lack of specificity on how to protect that um, in calcare um, and that's something that I committed. To continue to work on uh there is issues regarding in general some lack of specificity in general in calcare in terms of the operative language of handing over handing it over to a board but not having enough specificity as to how it's going to be executed um and, and i think that was a major problem from a few of the members that said look you know we we, we support you know the the structure of, of calcare but believe that there's more that can be done and, and more work that needs to be done on, the, uh, on some of the specificity in terms of operative. And my response to that is like, on something like this, you, you can't be too specific because then you have to go to the legislature anytime you want, you want to change anything. You have to have flexibility in terms of the ability for the CalCare board to operate the system. But that was something common. Another common thing was, you know, um, Keeping doctors. How do we make sure that you have enough doctors that want to come and work here? That there wasn't specificity in the bill on how to do that. More generalities on that. Uh, even even from you know folks that were otherwise supportive, but like you know, I even heard that. Like what I mean by that is Jim Wood and others are committed to trying to work on some of those things in terms of how we can actually put more incentives um, in terms of wanting doctors to actually come here. Um, you know, to actually want to work here. Uh, and so I mean, there's there's a list of probably 10, 15 other things that we've been working really hard with members to try to get answers to, try to, come, up, you know, those issues with the waiver, like what happens if, you know, this is something that, this is just a leap of faith and, and, and just believing in it um, in terms of having a, a waiver process. What happens if a Republican comes back in? And so... I don't think there's a direct answer to that. At the end of the day, are we going to dictate what we do based upon whether there's a Republican in office or not? Like you know that that to me made no sense. Um, and so I've I've got to I can come back. I have to go to do a five minute thing, but I can come back because I know there's going to be a lot more questions. If that's okay with everybody, if you guys want to see me uh, see my face anymore,
1: uh, no, please do come out. back. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll see you in a little bit. Thank you, Amma. All right. Thank you, Ken. I'm I'm sorry, everybody, that uh, we are, um, that uh, Ash had to leave for a little bit, but uh, we wanted to get him in so at least you could uh, hear from him uh, and uh, get the basic responses. So um, I know that a lot of you had your hands up and wanted to hear from him. Um, I'm not sure if you still want to speak now or if you want to come back later, but what I'll do next is ask my Progressive Caucus officers if they Uh, want to be heard on this. And uh, while we're, I'm just waiting for them to um, let me know, I I just got to say, look, I don't like that conversation I just had with Assemblymember Caller. I don't like the rationale. I don't like the fact that we're not naming names. I don't like the idea that, um, you know, these people need to be protected from negative scrutiny. Um, I don't like the idea that, you know, down the road, maybe sometime will get them back. I just don't like any of it. You know, everything we had planned for was to apply pressure now. But um, you know, we've been talking about it already in our caucus and look, I don't think this really changes our game plan. We we always knew it was gonna be a tough uh, win and that's why we were always really focused on this endorsement fight. So um, uh, to the caucus officers, if you wanna unmute yourselves and chime in, I'll I'll let you get in and then I'll go back to folks who are thinking that they might want to ask questions, but now we're just being asked to uh, comment. Um, let's see, Fatima, are you here? All right, maybe not. Um, go ahead, Mark, you're next up on the list. We'll bring you back for a question
4: if you have a question later. Mark- I I'll know. go ahead and wait to uh, ask Assemblymember caller on my question. All right, great. I think a, a,
1: lot of, a lot of folks that uh, uh, want to uh, wait to ask uh, the next question. So let me let me explain then what um, is gonna happen next, just um, as far as the logistics. So we have a couple of days here, February 2nd is the deadline to submit papers to pull an endorsement. And how you do that is there's a, there's a form, and we'll share it in the chat in a little bit. There's a uh, specific objection form Need 20% of the delegates in the district and the delegates include, um, you know, the club representatives, they're eligible for this pre endorsement process. So um, if you get 20% of those people submitted to the party by uh, February 2nd to 5pm, I think is the deadline. Um, And then you get a vote. And that, problem, that part of it is, should really be non-controversial. We're not even, That part of it, the initial pulling uh, the endorsement and asking for a vote, it's not saying that they shouldn't be endorsed or somebody specific should be endorsed. It's just saying that in the Democratic Party, we should have democracy and we should have uh, a vote. Um, so, um, you know, when we talk to our delegate colleagues, some of whom are like, I don't know if I want to do that. I think that's the part we lean into. Come with love. And with understanding, yes, you might ultimately decide to vote however you're going to vote. But what we want from you right now is just to allow us the opportunity to have the vote, because when we have a vote, we know that the assembly member will come looking for votes from the delegates. And we need to normalize voting in the California Democratic Party so we're not afraid of it. And we've already heard after this vote, some of our union friends are going to be leaning into this process. So I'm going to be putting up a uh, link in the chat um, so you can join in. And now I'll ask uh, Emma to join us um, to give her
4: remarks. Why am I having such a hard time bringing people on here?
1: All right, well, you know who I'm going to bring on is uh, Dr. Rupa Maria, and some of you folks um, may know her. She's been an amazing advocate for single-payer healthcare and public health in general. She's recently in a uh, seminar with, or a forum with Assemblymember member and uh, and others at uh, UC Berkeley um, for that uh, the students there organized. And um, I'm going to ask her to unmute and then see if I can bring her on to join us. Hey, Dr. Mario.
5: Hello, everybody. Um, I'm also very um, surprised, feel hamstrung. Um, And I'm questioning, you know, what the repercussions should be for Osh because he um, unilaterally decided on behalf of all the people who right now are facing astronomical bills in the face of COVID, um, unilaterally decided on the face of healthcare workers who are suffering unbelievable amounts of moral distress. I mean, nurses are walking around crying in the hallways where I work. Um, he unilaterally decided to not expose his colleagues who are beholden to the corporate healthcare structure. Um, and to me, that is, he does not, um, represent, uh, the will of the people. So 80% of Democrats are in support of Medicare for all. We have a super majority right now. We have snakes in the assembly who are Republicans masquerading as Democrats Um, how do we expose who these people are so that we can actually get a representative um, governance system? And, and Ash is now a part of that um, part of that political ecosystem and should pay a political price. And so how do we hold him accountable for his failure to deliver for the people of California and for all the (laughs) healthcare workers? I mean, the whole thing he just said about doctors not wanting to be here. This is California. (laughs) This is California. People aren't leaving, you know, the other uh, wealthy nations around the world that have single payer healthcare. care. Um, doctors aren't running away from those nations. Um, so this red scare uh, language that he's using is concerning to me that he's even dignifying those things with uh, responses that we need to be bold and really um, assert that this is, you know, we're the fifth largest economy in the world. Um, and with all the other, you know, Major um, economies, we should have single payer health care, um, and it's 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 really heartbreaking that he did this now and asks us to wait another year um, when we're seeing so many people suffer and we don't yet know the full weight of long COVID on on the people um, of this state. When you know our own secretary of health has just decided to let you know to let this virus uh, spread, um, so I am I am very concerned and think there needs to be political pay um, for this um, from Osh. Um, and I don't know how everybody else feels, but um, its it was was—it um, was deeply cowardly, I felt, um, not to force the vote.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just no way around. I mean, um, for folks that don't know, there was no advance notice. I think, for, certainly for me, I only found out just before everybody else found out. Um, the nurses found out right before it happened. Is, that's my understanding. So it's not like there was this uh, plan that this was on the deck. Um, you know, Maybe we would have prepared differently. We were preparing for uh, the vote to happen. And just, uh, just like Dr. Mario said, we were all sort of shocked and we're wondering about you know, what is the price to be paid for assembly member cholera. Because, I mean, if you replace them, are we going to get somebody better than that? But at the same time, I mean, this sure, this sure didn't go well. So, um, yeah, I think we're all uh, we're all struggling with that. Uh, that's for sure. Um, Dr. Murray, thank you for, for being with us. Anything else you want to tell us about what you're working on or what's going next?
5: Um, I just think it's early in the year. So legislatively speaking, it is early in the year. Are there other people we could be looking to to advance this work since Ash has shown us he he can't lead um, effectively in this work? Um, It's too critical for the people of California. Um, to be shelved for another year and wait for more people to come on board um, when we have uh, clear polling data around the will of the people. Um, so what this um, this speaks to me as a, as a crisis of governance that our representatives are actually not representing the will of the people um, when Medicare for all is something that you know 80% of California Democrats um, want. Um, so what is going on with our supermajority in the Assembly and 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 how do we um, you know, what, what other tactics or what other authors could we, could we be looking to support for this work? Those are some things that are coming into my mind. Um, but you know, I really want to uplift the hard, hard work of the nurses. Um, they have worked so hard on this and have really been, uh, champions of this work throughout. And, um, I can't imagine how how betrayed they must have felt and disappointed Um, to not, you know, it's one thing, you know, to take it where we got it, uh, but then to just um, bow out in this way that gives political cover to these um, people who are not working in the interest of people is, is really unconscionable.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just can't say enough about how much the nurses leaned into this fight, devoting their time and money and energy and I just, you know, as, as you know, as uh, shocked as I was, I really also felt bad for them as an organization that they got left on the lurch. They didn't have input into this decision that, you know, if they're an equal partner in the fight, then it, maybe they should have uh, veto power on, you know, the, how this decision gets made. And they didn't, we didn't. It was really Ash on his own. And the problem is we have really, uh strong consensus throughout the party that it's not a good decision with throughout the progressive movement in the party and outside that it's just not a good decision so um ben who is our southern california vice chair i'd love to hear your thoughts
6: everybody thanks for joining us tonight um thank you guys are i am fucking angry i feel betrayed uh by just about every single legislator in the state Um, we need to be angry from the top to the bottom. We need to be angry at fucking Gavin Newsom who played a role in killing CalCare. We need to be angry at Rusty Hicks and the California Democratic Party that has single payer universal healthcare in the goddamn party platform. And they didn't do a single thing to help pass this bill. If anything, wouldn't surprise me if Rusty was behind the scenes trying to kill this. And we need to be mad at our legislators, all of them, top to bottom. I believe that we should be looking to pull, if not every single endorsement of every single incumbent, it's gonna be 95% of them. Because there were very, very few legislators who stood up and had the courage to fight for this and to actively go out there and fight for this. So the Progressive Caucus is gonna be working on this. We need all of you to work with with us on it. We're gonna have some opportunities to do individual uh, endorsement polls at the regional level. And for some of you guys who are on our call, was that last night? Uh, There's gonna be a really good opportunity coming in the future where we're gonna be able to get 20% of all statewide delegates. And then we can start pulling endorsements in every single region the delegates don't have to be from that particular region for the endorsement. So if we can pull together 20% plus one, a group, a slate of delegates, we can then go through and pull the endorsements up and down the state, up and down the state. So that's something we need to be organizing for. We need to flex our muscles on this. We can't allow the cycle to continue over and over again. This is bullshit. I, I have a lot of appreciation for Osh. I, I respect a lot of the work he's, he did, but I absolutely disagree with his de- decision to do this. We should have had that damn vote. We should have had the names. We're gonna build those names and we're gonna start by naming every single one of them. And if they have the ability to pull themselves off of our uh, our wall of shame, then great for them. But if not, we're pulling these goddamn endorsements. That's all I got.
1: No, thanks, Ben. I think Ben's uh, my anger translator for the night. Um, shoot, I mean, uh, you mentioned Rusty and the party, and I know I go off on them all the time, and uh, it's important to, you know, be clear about this, is that in moments like this, when the Assembly members are under this immense pressure from um, you know, vast amounts of money, that the party's role at that point is supposed to be to provide them cover to do the right thing, not aid and abet them to do the wrong thing, right? So we have worked hard, many of us, to put in the party's platform single payer health care. We have worked hard to get resolutions on single payer. We have, uh, you know, Brandon helped lead the fight. One of our vice chairs helped lead the fight to ensure that AB 1400 was endorsed by the party when Rusty was running. And there's video out there from this. When he was running for chair, he went up and down the state saying he's a single-payer warrior. He's going to fight for health care. He believes in the preamble of the party, this and that. And he has been silent, dead silent. So the party is not just in sort of an innocent bystander in this. They are the core of the problem. Because while they are doing all this other stuff, they are also actively cycling millions of dollars of medical insurance, medical corporation money that they clean, they bring it in when it's dirty, they clean it, and then they spend it for legislators so it looks like it's just good old party money. And that's the problem here, right? Is that we elect way too many folks that are beholden to that money and they just won't do the right thing. And I'm just sorry that Ash couldn't be with us on this fight to underline those folks who voted no, So that we could really put a target on them. But you know what? It's going to be a little harder. Take a couple of steps extra. Um, The means will look a little bit different. But we're going to name names and then we're going to pull endorsements. And like Ben said, um, later on in the month, we have a second opportunity to uh, do a statewide action. There'll be more uh, discussion about that.
6: Yeah. So just thank you all again. Thank you. I know you guys are all going to be here in this fight with us. We're going to need a lot of people across the state. We're going to need everybody in your communities and your networks. Uh, So yeah, get ready for us. We're coming and uh, let's do this.
1: All right. So Assemblymember Calra is with us. I have you on the on the spotlight for everyone. Um, um, I'm going to just go to the next question, which um, I think was Mark, right? So I'll ask Mark to unmute and ask that question.
4: Thanks. Thank you, Senator, for coming back. Go ahead, Mark. Yes. Thank you for coming back. Assembly member cholera. We as a movement need to know who is really with us and who isn't. And I will tell you sincerely that no, we do not know where our assembly members are on this issue, even in progressive districts. And all of us have dealt with in politics, you know, politics is full of people who say one thing and do another. Pressure and scrutiny is the only things politicians respond to. This vote, win or lose, was important for this movement because we would know who we need to put attention on, who we need to persuade, who we need to pressure, who we need to replace. The Progressive Caucus needs to know who is unwilling to uphold the party's platform. And Democrats have a supermajority. And now we're asking Californians suffering under this indefensible healthcare system to just wait and suffer more and maybe Democrats will come around. So the question is, because you unilaterally made this decision, we do need to ask you, who are the no votes that led you to make your decision today? People won't think you're covering for your assembly colleagues if you uncover them, assembly member.
1: Uh, Let's see. Oh, sorry. Let's see. I thought I had you unmuted already. Sorry. Go ahead. You know, it's,
2: it's not the no votes. It's those that would have been, well, it's all the same because a not vote is a no vote, but a no vote is different than a not voting. And, you know, some of the issues that were raised by them, I'm not saying I agree with them, um, but I do think that there can be work on the bill to satisfy a lot of them if we had more time. Um, I do think that it was going to go down in flames. I don't think it would have been good for the bill or for the movement if that happened. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy to, like, you know, folks are saying names, like, of who's going to vote no. I think if some folks already chatted that, uh, you know, put that in the chats of folks that at least said publicly they're going to vote no. Um, but as far as the, the not voting uh, or, or undecided, Um, there was quite a few of them and I want to work with them to get them there. And I think I can get a lot of them there. I know a lot of you are frustrated because you want me to call out names, but I'm telling you that part of the reason why, um, I believe that we can get someone, you know, whether it's me authoring it or somebody else that this can be done is that we're going to get a a new set of legislators that I believe are going to be much more friendly to single parent. And then... With that, I think we'll move enough of the incumbents to get it through. It just it was it was going to go down in flames dramatically today.
1: All right, I will say um, it, it is true that through your conciliatory work behind the scenes, we got the speaker to give it a clear path to the floor, and we got the health committee chair Jim Webb to give it um, in the go ahead, and we got it out of appropriations. So I appreciate your, um, you know, consultative process, but I gotta say, even with all that, um, at some point there has to be a limit. And today should have been it, where we could have, you know, gotten those names. And I, I still think that folks would have valued your position so much, and mm-hmm. the work that you have done that they would have given you a pass because you have shown that you're not about that. I don't think- I any- think
2: that helped in the health committee, honestly. I think that it helped. I don't think everyone was there in the health committee, some of whom voted for it. I think it was to, to allow without, for that work to continue. And look, you know, this wasn't, like, the, the, we, a couple of days ago, we were still not sure exactly what the vote count was going to be. This morning, um, you know, we had a call with the nurses to discuss where we were. And both sides, both the nurses, the representative and my, and my representatives that were on the phone with me, agreed that we did not have enough votes. Um, you know that that it would we didn't have nearly enough votes for it to pass. We had the same vote count. Um, you know, and so you know, it, it's the, the nurses know as well in terms of hold, who to hold accountable who wasn't there. Um, but there's a reason why I believe that. We can get more people there. Uh, I really do.
1: All right, uh, Patrick, your question. I ask you on mute.
2: But and, and that's a response to whether the nurses found out the last second they didn't. Uh, it Was a conversation from this from you know early this morning um, when we were looking at the verse, vote, vote counts.
1: Yeah.
2: We, we were starting to engage in that conversation.
1: Okay, uh, Patrick, uh, asking you on mute. Go ahead.
4: Try again. All right. I can't. Can you hear me? Yeah,
7: go ahead. Okay, actually, some of the questions were already answered, but I, I, I need clarification from Ash. As he said, he kept going back in the beginning of this conversation or talking that he said anywhere between three to nine people were not on board uh, to vote, uh, yes. So, and I, I'm thinking even if three, three to nine uh, of the uh, assembly people, if they decided to vote no... And all, the rest of the Democrats decided to vote. Yes, that's still a positive, a positive to Patrick, me.
2: Patrick, the, the three to nine I mentioned were, in this next year, we're likely to have three to nine, anywhere from three to nine more members, probably closer to the middle somewhere, depends on how the elections turn out, that are going to be um, in favor of single-payer. And have specifically said they're in favor of 1,400 uh, publicly. And so what I mean by that is that, that we have a much more, we're in a really... You know, we're down four, we have a, we're very shorthanded. We lost three members that would have voted for 1400 um, over the past few weeks and months because they, they got appointed to different positions. They left the assembly. Um, that's not anyone's fault. It's just that it just happened at a really bad time, um, you know, for this vote. Uh, and so, you know, next year, we're going to have a better legislature and we're going to have a, a better vote count going into it. We're going to have more co-authors and many more, again, if, if, the, you know, if the bills we introduce, as I hope it is, um, you know, we'll have even more co-authors on, on board right away.
7: So I guess I need clarification of uh, how many uh, we're going to, uh, we both we were going to come up short this time uh, on this bill.
2: Uh, at least
7: At least 10. Okay.
2: Yeah, we we were at least at double digits down.
7: Okay, and the, and again, um, I, I I'm 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 not happy with it either. But um, I mean, this could just be played out over and over and over again until we find out who to put pressure on to vote yes.
2: I I agree. I mean, and we need more legislators that are going to be on board day one. Well. And we can do that. This is the biggest opportunity. We have 15 plus seats up for election next year. You can get you know at least eight to ten of them in favor of single payer. I've endorsed folks that are in favor of single payer. There are corporate free candidates that have endorsed 1,400 very specifically.
7: I have just one last question. If if um... If CNA... And, and also
2: Dr. Bill, excuse me, once I just mentioned that there are other bills, there are other bills we have to get passed, putting other progressive priorities. And we need votes from, you know, for those too, including AB 257, which got through today. And we have a number of bills that are gonna be coming forward this year that are progressive priority bills.
1: All right, Hey, thanks, uh, thanks Patrick, I appreciate it. Thank, um, you. thank you. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm gonna come to uh, Ron then, um, I'm sorry, Jeanette, are you next? Are you supposed to be next? Okay, sorry, I'll come to you next. Um, but uh, so Ash, one of the issues coming up in this is, you know, the nurses were your partner throughout and they only found out, you know, today that you were uh, thinking about pulling the boat. and they, you know, their statements today were pretty rough um, regarding your behavior. Um, if they want to work with you in the future, are you ready to just bring this bill back in the next session where you can't? is that that it would, you would bring yeah, it back?
2: I, I absolutely am. And I think we'll be in a better position for it.
1: So when would that be? Um,
2: in January. Because that's, that's when we would have a new legislature. And that's when we'd have, you know, look, at the end of the day, this bill dies by a vote or by not being heard. It's done until January either way.
1: Yeah all right and i know people ask you for names a lot of times and i know you're basically not going to name names because you want to continue to work with them and i don't know protect them from your the negative well, energy you're going to put on them but i mean we see in in dc and in california where folks do name names and they say look this person was an obstacle or these four people were an obstacle in getting this bill passed so i know you're not going to say that tonight but it just doesn't I'm, feel or sound right
2: i'm happy I'm i'm happy to You know, as we go forward, happy to have those conversations, including meeting with some of those folks that are undecided, or that aren't there.
1: All right. So, um, Jeanette and and
2: bringing bringing a couple of you with me and having those conversations. But bringing (laughs) anybody else with us to have those conversations with those undecideds uh, and with the nurses. We had we had nurse nurses with us in a lot of the meals. We a lot of the meetings we had over the last two three
8: weeks. Can okay, I go? go ahead.
9: Um, assembly member Ash, um, I wanted to bring up a couple of points. You've pissed off the wrong group of people. Um, and no matter what you say here tonight, it's not going to make it better. The trust is gone. Um, we are uh, now aware more than ever that the whole democratic party is nothing but a cartel at this point. Um, you need to name names. Um, I can't tell you how furious I am. I haven't been in this fight for as long as a lot of the people on this call have been, but I can see the corruption from a fucking mile away. Excuse my French. This is, I can't even tell you how many hours of toil and sweat the majority of people on this call have put into this issue. We have, we have to wait another fucking year. Do you know how many more people are going to die from this pandemic not i'm so angry right now i can't even think straight so many more people are going to die from chronic disease that can't get in right now because of our broken healthcare system and our, and our broken hospital system these people you know you're protecting the wrong people we need the names you you can't say that you're Working on other bills. This is the one that needs to pass now. We have people dying. I don't think you realize what you've done, how much trust you've broken at this point, how much damage you've done to the hope that we had. Okay, this is beyond the pale. I am so furious and I can't imagine how much more disappointed. Dr. Bill and the people that have worked on this issue for years are feeling right now. I, I hope to God you don't have a family member that gets in an accident or has a, a, an illness or a, it, it gets in, uh, gets uh, diagnosed with cancer like my mother-in-law did. I watched her die. Okay. You, you will not. Ever have to experience that because you have the shelter of your job and your free health care that most people will never experience in their lives. Okay, I'm done.
1: Thank, thank you, Tanette. And uh, I know a lot of folks um, share your passion. I mean, it's just so, it, we are just all so disappointed. And I think the point that's really well made is that. And I, I've said this before, uh, Assembly Recall, but I'm gonna say it again because I think Danette really leans into this is that I know you come from good faith in saying that we will bring these people along and that will help the movement by you know getting them in the future. But on the other side, there's so much damage to the movement by not having a vote and crushing our souls today and not. You know, not prepared for it. It's just, I, I, I know that you've made the decision you have, but I just feel that. No, they, I, look, that I, so I, I, it. it's just I, I'm not saying.
2: Uh, listen, I, I think you all are making it very clear. I'm not saying I made the right decision, and I'm not saying, you know, um, that that, you know, my evaluation of it is correct. I will say that when we have more members, which we we're guaranteed to have more members that are supportive of single pair and 1400 next year than we do right now. The bill was going to die either way and it was going to come back at the earliest next year. Anyway, that being said, knowing that we're going to have more people that are going to be supportive helps us move the few along that weren't there yet. Because when you get a higher vote, you get more people in support and you had the opportunity to, you know, to continue what everyone's been doing, including, you know, folks that have been meeting with their members and the nurses meeting with folks and me meeting with folks. I mean, I've, Spent more hours on this than pretty much anything I've done, um, in my elected life, and I and so this is not something that that I take lightly. But ultimately, I want to make sure that single payer healthcare is successful, and I want to make sure it's successful as soon as possible. It was not going to be successful today. It can be successful next year.
1: Okay. Well, at least I can say that there's probably zero assembly members in the legislature, maybe one or two that would show up here to answer like this. So it's not all negative. And I I do appreciate you showing up. So um, I'll ask. have a few more people come on with their questions. Uh, Ron, uh, you are
4: next.
10: Yeah, um, Ash, like everyone else, I, I want you to name names. That's what people deserve. People deserve to hear names because, as you know, there are elections coming up and we need to know who we need to replace and who we need to get rid of. And it seems like you are among them because you have made a very deliberate choice right now. You have chose to side with your colleagues and your insiders and special interests instead of we the people. So I I hope to everyone here we are taking note of this because, Ash, to me, it sounds like you're not worried about any con, con, um, consequences. Like, oh, if you don't trust me. So, it, it, so you are making a deliberate choice right now. What you are doing is at best cowardly and at worst deceptive. And we are sick of it. So I am asking you one more time, just like everyone else, and more people will after this, to name names. And if you don't, we will be replacing you. We will get a more single-payer-friendly legislator later. And you will not be among them.
1: All right, um, um, Manuel.
11: All right. Um, so, I guess uh, I'm I'm seeing him take a lot of hits. So I think I'm going to take some hits for Ash right now. Um, I I I want to first and foremost say that I think uh, it's not the best for him. To name names, given how angry it is, angry people are, and how a very well-intentioned mob could look to some of the allies that were maybe on the fence, that he did do a lot of legwork to uh, to come over to this side. Um, I do want to say I believe hundred percent, Ash, that it was wrong for you not to have the vote, um, because I think people should be able to stand on their votes, and we should be able to see how our legislators, uh, how they vote and what they you know what they stand for um see this is this is really hard to say because like i i know where you're coming from and i don't think you're a bad guy don't think you're Kristen cinema or whatever names people are calling you in the chat i just think you kind of fucked up here um i think we do deserve to see how these people would have voted um i absolutely believe that you think you did the right thing at the moment um i i would just say i mean there I do believe it was also going to fail, but, um, this wasn't the time to like not vote and then kind of hold back and rally the troops to fight again. We should have saw where people stood in the moment. Uh, people worked really hard for this, for it to not go to a vote. And there's a lot of people angry and disappointed. And even if it would have failed, it would have actually let us know who voted or who didn't vote for it. Um, like I don't think you're evil or corrupt or anything, but I just think you kind of fucked up. And, um, and that's that's really where I stand. I'm not sup- like, dude, I'm, I'm a fucking I'm in the Democratic Party. I'm disappointed all the fucking time. You know what I mean? Uh, this vote wasn't going to, to to save anybody's lives right here because there's too many people that are moderate and frankly, too many damn conservative Democrats that we don't call out enough. Um, but. But you should have let it go to a vote. And I hope that this kind of strategy doesn't happen again. It just needs to go to where people need to actually stand on their votes. That's what we elect them for, not for not to be protected behind the scenes, even though I know a lot of them are your colleagues and whatnot. But I don't know. This is really hard to, like, get out, everyone.
2: I appreciate it. I, the, the decision wasn't made to protect folks behind the scenes. I really, truly believe that... A number of the legislators that I've been talking to a lot over the last couple of weeks. Well, if if we get more legislators on board that are supportive, we'll get there. Um, And, you know, and I I, I get that it doesn't it may not make sense. uh, But at the end of the day. I truly believe that a vote that would have gone down in flames would have been much more harmful to the likelihood next year. Of a bill being successful, or in the year that follows.
1: All right, thank you. Um, and, and look,
2: the nurses have the exact—I mean, they have the exact same boat card I do. They know—they know where people were. All
1: right, was um,
12: here. Did, did I get the name wrong? Uh, it's Reggie. I spelled it Reggie. wrong. All right. Hey, Mark. Oh, hey. hey. Hi, Ash. Hey, you're still pretty cool with me, even though I'm really pissed off today and it's Chinese New Year and it kind of fucked up my Chinese New Year. But um, can you name names of lobbyists and insurance companies? Because we need to go after them. We need to go after them too. Okay. They're they are just as culpable. They, yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck the insurance companies. They're the ones that that they've been corrupting our representatives. They've been fueling these stupid corrupt corrupt corporate democrats they can go fuck themselves name those names oh and did almer's almer suchi is one of the no votes right link once if yes ain't gonna say anything almer suchi bring light on almer suchi everybody
1: yeah thanks uh, th- thanks reggie um
12: what no no i want to know about the insurance but you can name the- you learn you don't have to worry about protecting the wh- lobbyists okay I, I don't say. care about.
2: Lo- I mean, I, I, I look. All these ads are running. Just go see who paid for them. I mean, look. You know, at the end of the day, we ex- we anticipate that we're going to get hit hard with millions. I mean, I had, you know, I, I I'm not worried about getting hit by the industry, but they they were very public in in their campaign against it. It's all public information. You can. But I want some it. lobbyist names. You can. You can some specific
12: uh, names and their CEOs.
2: The lobbies don't talk to me from the industry, <laughs> you know. So you know you can. T- talk to other members that they were going out to, but they weren't talking to me. Not not the industry lobbyists.
12: I saw you blink. That must be Alma <laughs> He must have been a no. Okay. Everybody, Greenlight and Alvaro All right. All Thank,
1: right. Thanks, Reggie. Um, and and uh, you know what? Just before I move on to Ridley and then Marjorie and then uh, Dr. Fraley, um, I just want to say, uh, Manuel, before you go, that uh, I appreciate you coming on and saying something that might not be um, popular in the chat. And what I don't appreciate is folks in the chat saying stuff that Manuel, who's out here speaking in good faith and who does the work. And, you know, Ash is, you know, doing, he is here answering the questions and speaking in good faith. And like, he, like Manuel said, he may have fucked up, but, um, you know, let's have that conversation. Uh Ridley.
13: Hi, um, my name's Radhi Patel. I'm an abolitionist environmental justice organizer on unceded territory, also known as Bakersfield, for those of you who don't know me. Um, Assemblymember Colra, the National Nurses Union, and the California Nurses Association were the ones that helped usher the bill in, and the millions of Californians who needed this bill wanted the bill to go for a vote. And what most organizers know is that you don't really organize ever individually. Abolitionist Miriam Kaba also says that everything worthwhile is done with other people. And so while most organizers know that we're never doing it by ourselves, and that we organize as a collective, to do this without talking to the organizers who were doing the groundwork for this bill was an incredibly just selfish move, that move itself. And I'm trying to think of a method of accountability that doesn't recreate a more punitive justice method, but you've caused so much harm today to the organizers who've done work for the bill to go up for a vote today. And yes, we'll always take a yes vote and we'll take a co-author for a bill, but how do you think you're going to repair the harm you caused to all the people that wanted to see the bill go up for a vote and clearly disagreed with you on strategy?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that look, You know, when I asked that the bill be held in April at that time, um, it was in order to get a hearing and it was in order to actually work on the financing that had never been done before that. Um, and we were able to, to do that um, and we were able to do it, even though a lot of folks didn't think that it would be possible for us to even get a hearing, um, let alone get it through a couple of the committees. Um, and so you know, I, I listen. I'm not. I'm not asking folks to believe in me. Uh, I'm not asking. It's very clear that most people are not going to. Um, but I did talk. You know, we, like I said, we, I, I talked to the the nurses and you know this. The, the, at least the nurses representative. I know one of the nurses rep said that I didn't talk to them, but I talked to the nurses representative um, this morning and we knew where the vote count was and we had the conversations about it. And, you know, I I made the decision that I made. And so um, I get that folks have to cover, um, you you know, for, you know, have to cover for themselves and their organizations, I get that. I'm not in this to cover for myself. Um, And clearly that's not happening. (laughs) And and so I get that. But um, no, I didn't, you know, reach out to, it happened relatively fast because over the last couple of days um, we were getting more and more sense of, of where the votes were. Uh, I'm not blaming the organizers at all. Um, and I, I don't think any of this is a mob at all. As some people are you know, saying, there's not a mob, absolutely not. Um, and, and so I don't know if I'm in a position uh, to repair any of the harm or not, but you know, that's, that's my job to try and and to probably fail, but to to, to try the best I can.
1: So I know you only have a little bit of time left. I'm gonna make sure we get Marjorie and Dr. Fahelian, but just following up on on Ridley's questions, I thought was really good, is in a process like this, where you cannot get it done without the nurses behind you, you cannot get it done without progressives and so many other activists behind you, and you ask them to come along with you on this journey, and we all do this, How do we address the fact that, you know, even that uh, you make this decision unilaterally on the last day in a way that's going to demoralize the movement that we all disagree with? Because this could happen again. Let's say you say, okay, I'm back for the fight next year. And then you make another bad decision like this. How do we uh, navigate that? Look, you know, I I think
2: that it's a, it's a fair point. I, I don't know if it's not. I don't know if it's possible to uh, I, with me. I, I don't know. I'm gonna. I have. I'm the one that has to uh, try to earn that. If it's not, if it's someone else, and I can, you know, play second share and do what I can to support. I'm happy to do that as well. And so ultimately, um, I believe that if you know, I have already explained. What, you know, why. I, I believe that if this vote went down in flames by a lot, I think it would have been damaging. Um, and made it more damaging and harder for it to be successful going forward.
1: Um, I think one solution for us as activists or the nurse association or labor or whatever is that when we agree to give our resources and our time to these bills, maybe early on, we got to have this discussion with our assembly members and senators saying, Look, you don't get to pull the bill. If um, you're you got to sign on to a document that says you're not going to pull the bill unless we, you know, these four organizations agree to it. And if you're gonna pull out the bill, then you're gonna resign because, you know, this situation is just untenable. We don't, as progressives, we do not have unlimited um, resources and mental capacity and energy and emotional willpower to absorb these kind of losses um, regularly. We just don't. Um, Marjorie, um, thank you. Thanks, Ridley, really great question. Asking you on
10: mute,
14: Marjorie. Okay. Hi. Thank you, Uh Assemblyman. I'm Marjorie Sturdy. I'm Modesto Progressive Democratic Club president in Central Valley. I'm an elected delegate. I'm a private business owner and a single mom, so I have multiple layers. Depending on single payer health care, I can't quit my day job to run my full time business because I can't afford health care for me and my son outside of something like a single-payer healthcare system it would cost me a thousand dollars a month just in premiums alone not to mention deductibles and co-pays and you know that you know the story um so i'm going to piggyback a little bit on what amar said in that you know this is the resources that it takes to get public perception to gap to to support something like this comes from grassroots. What you're talking about, your decision today was made based on old politics. You know, you don't have enough support, so let's just wait till we do have enough support. We now know, based on the number of people on this call that, um, and around the state that are progressive, that the new politics is our grassroots, our grassroots uh, energy is what is gonna get this bill pushed over the edge. And there are tons of other very historic bills that failed in voting um, all over the country that later passed because Somebody had the courage to put it up to a vote to start with, and it failed, and so that started the conversation. And that conversation could have started today, and we could have been able to start changing public perceptions so that not just eighty percent of the state agreed, hundred percent of the state agreed, and every single congressman would have, and and every single assembly member and senator would have had to pass this bill, some version of this bill next year. Um, And so I just feel like you've handicapped us, and I really hope, like Amar said, this is not something that. Um, you will do in the future. You will think twice that the new politics is that we have an amazing group of grassroots volunteers on this call and around the state that are willing to support this bill and work for free, despite all the other jobs we hold and all the other roles we 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 try and accomplish, That um, that we can make this happen, but we can't do it if you're going to play old politics. Okay, um, but again, I wanna piggyback on what Manuel said and thank you very much for all the work that you've done. I know that it must've been difficult. Um, just please understand that, that 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 we need to progress past this. This is that, like I said, old politics, and please, please, please do not do this again.
1: All right. Um, um. Dr. Faley, I'll I'll come to you next. Thank you so much, uh, Marjorie, for those comments. And I think what you say there and what Melissa Damian is also mentioning in the chat is that when we don't get the vote, we don't get the information we need and voters don't get the information we need and democracy actually gets hurt in the process, right? So activists are demoralized, voters don't get the information. Sure, some assembly members get protected and maybe they'll be back, and the process um, suffers as a regard. Um, if, if, if Senator McCall, if you have a response, go ahead, but otherwise I'll go to Dr. Fraley. Okay, Dr. Fraley, go ahead.
15: Hi, thanks. Um, yeah, I have a lot to say. I'm sure all of us do. Um, I definitely can feel, I think, just two things. Um, one, I feel just, I mean, when it comes to healthcare, and I know so many people on this call have you know, their own struggles happening and people are dying. Right. So like, I think it's, it's hard to get more emotional um, than what's happening right now. And so I get that. Um, and I think right now probably is the time where we're going to be an emotional um, place and then need to organize. So um, yeah, I think the biggest, my biggest concern is kind of the communication that happened between or and I'm not, I haven't been heavily involved, but between organizers, progressive leaders Um, and how these decisions were made. Just this sense, what I'm hearing from my progressive allies is just a sense that this was a unilateral decision. Um, And I think to me, that's the biggest thing because I I think I consider you an ally. I would endorse you today. I probably lost friends, a lot of friends right now saying that um, because there's so much to do and there's so few people that are allies. So I think in a way, how can we call you in or how can we collaborate? collaboratively think about. Um, I think what Amar said was like, made so much sense to me to say, what are the early on discussions so that we don't end up in a position like this again, which is like, hey, we're working on this. We're going to put in the text and we're going to put in the calls, but we want to see a vote because, hey, listen to the grassroots activists. You know, we know that, you know, I remember saying, oh, Bush is, if Bush wins, then things will get better. Let's just wait it out. So, like, I think all of the people who are, like, actually sitting in waiting rooms with their, you know, fathers with cancer getting chemo and crushed under, bit, like, to them, you know, the politics of, oh, people are going to say no. I mean, it doesn't really matter when you're the ones sitting in the audience um watching and sitting back saying, I can't even sit in the audience watching. So, to me, i think there's an opportunity because you know I don't know you personally personally but like I have definitely crossed paths with you you're with a district right next to mine and I know that I have a deep belief that you will work with us um but I do think that this is an opportunity and a moment to say well maybe there's a new politics that involves somehow coordinating in a way that this many people with this much heart and fight aren't left this incredibly demoralized by one of the few people I think that we really have um, as a real ally.
2: No, thank, yeah, thanks to your comments. Um, look, this is not. Th- this is this wasn't something that I've ever been through before in, in terms of having to make a decision like this. Um, I agree that the, as Amr said earlier, and you you alluded to, that the kind of understanding of the engagement the rules of engagement and how we communicate and how decisions are made, because, you know, I, I think that that wasn't done um, should have been done by me uh, in in terms of understanding, um, you know, making a decision uh, of this nature. And um, so I agree um, that, you know, um, it, it shouldn't be, uh there should have been a better understanding of of a decision like this being made uh and that it, it that it that it's not not mine to make unilaterally as as someone just said and i see that um and that was you know a, a grave mistake on my part um i really truly believed i was making the decision and still believe i made a decision that um i think was the best at that at the time i made it And you know, um, if if because of that, you know, know, none of you support me, that I can I can live with that. I do think that this is an opportunity for. I think that it's an opportunity for us to. Well, I'll just leave it at that.
1: All right. Well, um, I, I know that you've mentioned me a couple of times that you have to go, and we squeezed in some uh, extra questions. So, yeah. um, thank you again for being here uh, tonight and answering the questions. And we're going to figure out um, you know what what we do going forward. But if there's anything you want to say in closing before leaving,
4: please. Look, you
2: know, I I think there's still again a huge opportunity with those that are running now that that have a great likelihood of being elected this next year um, to, to get the votes and to get more votes. And uh, I'm committed to it, whether I my name's on it, whether you ever hear from me again, I'm just doing the work, you know, as a co-author or joint author or whatever. Um, you know, I'm...
12: I'm not... um
2: Anyway, I I, 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 you know, I understand why you're all upset with me and and wanted to vote on it. Um, and my assessment was that it would have gone down in flames, and that we had not we have an opportunity um, to put it in a better position. I, I really do. And um, but you already heard me say it, and, and so I don't need to repeat it. But Um, anyway, um, I look forward to working with you again, if any of you will have me. If you don't, I get it.
1: All right. Well, uh, sad night all around. Um, Thank you for being here. And uh, we will uh, talk again. Look, we're all upset. Like I said, we cannot afford losses, self-inflicted losses like this indefinitely. And you know, whatever feedback he's getting tonight. I mean, that's on him. And I appreciate everybody's being honest and giving the feedback. Like I said, I didn't like some of the comments against our own Manuel, who's just trying to, you know, give his take on it. But I think for for Ash, you know, he deserves to hear how people uh, are feeling. So um, I know that everybody's raised their hands because they want to ask questions. Um, I'm going to put in the chat right now a link which is for the endorsement fight volunteer. So the next two days, we have to reach out to delegates to pull endorsements from a lot of different folks. And starting tomorrow, we'll name names and uh, we'll have a list out there and we'll uh, you know do what we can to pull as many uh, votes uh, for endorsement as we can. And quite frankly, whether they're allies most of the time and not on this vote or whatever, Even, as you said, I certainly remember Carter said, and I've heard of say before, too our people deserve in their in their districts our progressive allies also deserve a vote against them so that they come and talk to our folks i don't think there's any reason that there's any um you know sacred um, legislator out there that we can't pull an endorsement vote on um if we say that there's democracy and then there's democracy for everyone democracy for democrats elected and otherwise so um i'm going to put that chat I put that form in the chat again. So sign up there and we'll try to sort of group people um, geographically. But um, I'm, I am willing to stay here for as long as folks want to comment. So your hands are, I got a bunch of people with hands raised. I'm going to start with Ron and uh, I'll give you a a couple minutes, Ron, because we want to make sure we get to the next person too.
10: I just forgot to put mine down.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, thanks, Ron. Uh, So, Betty. Go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me? So, I'm
3: having problems. Can you hear me?
16: Buy it. Uh-huh. There you go. Okay. So listen, it is obvious that we cannot trust any of these people. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about all of our legislators, whether they say they're progressive or not. We got to stop as a party trying to uh, get these people elect- elected and waste our time consumed with this especially on issues like this, which they are never going to come to the table for. They are never going to pass, no matter if it's on our platform, no matter if our county committees um, uh, uh, vote to endorse it, we have our, our delegates endorsing it, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, but we need to take this to the ballot and we need to, that is all, need to take, we have 200 and something people in this room. We work our asses off, we take it to the ballot and we take it to the people this is this is we're never gonna get this past the money that is going into these people's pockets is just too powerful and the fact is is that even if they are not taking money directly they are affected the people that are affect them and their decision-making and that's why Ash um, uh, pulled it okay just let us know let us know who were who's against this, but we all know who's against this pretty much all of them. Okay. So we can sit here and say we want their names, but the fact is they're all of them. Why do we want their names? Do we want their names because we're going to primary them? I'm not wasting my time priming, primarying them on this issue. We go to the ballot. I know that people will disagree with me because, Oh, we have so much money against us and we'll not be able to do it. Well, you know, you know, go by what Nina says. It, you know, it's impossible until it's done. Go by what Mandela says, impossible until it's done. We take this to the ballot. We have, we have already on record 65% of people in the median income have said that they, will, they want a government-run single-payer system. They answered that question. They did not mind government-run. We take it on the road. We go into the purple areas and say, this is what you're missing out on and your legislator is voting against you every time. So you need the power to get this for you. And we put it into their hands and we put it into our hands because on this issue, we what do we wait another year for them to put it on, uh, uh, br- bring out a bill and introduce it. And then we go through the same shit all over again. All
1: right, Th- thank you, Betty, I, I appreciate it. I just want to get to the next person. Thank you so much, um, Braden. go ahead.
7: Yeah. So I looked at Fatima was in the chat, but what I was going to ask Calra is, does he support Fatima
1: over Gibson? Because that's what the crux of it is. If he doesn't support her, then his whole thing that he's saying doesn't even make sense. So do do people know the answer to that? I looked quickly at her website. He doesn't endorse her. So if he's not endorsing her, then the whole thing about we've, we we got to elect progressives and it could look 15 better next year. That's the most simplest race where he needs to be endorsing Fatima. So. That yeah, was that's gonna be a, like that's a really good different. point. Um, I don't, I'll let
4: Fata answer that, I'm not, so I'm not 100% sure what that
1: is. Um, go ahead, Jacob. Thanks. So um, I don't really have much to
17: say. Uh, I, I was gonna say some things to Ash, but uh, basically I feel like something that we all understand as adults is just that politicians, whether at the state level or the federal level, are more or less in the business of being reelected. They're not really in the business of putting too much emphasis on what bills they're trying to pass. Although they may like to speak that this is kind of a doom take, but although they may like to speak a lot about what, what gets them elected at the end of the day, uh, it's just about getting people to believe them to some extent. Um, And If you really want to know what a politician believes, you look at their actions. And I think we saw some actions uh, this afternoon uh, about what Ash really believes or who where he puts his vested interests in. Um, But, yeah, I'll just say in future, just recognize that actions are what matter, not necessarily words. He spoke a lot of words tonight, but you have to take him with a grain of
1: salt. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for keeping your marks uh, on point and concise. Uh, in your spread break,
18: go ahead. Was it me?
12: Yeah. Oh
18: yeah. Hi. Uh, oh, I, how did I come with Mimi spread break? It's it's uh, Paul Paul Sherman uh, in okay. North hi North 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 San Jose, and uh, I'm I'm in. Um, uh, constituents, of Al- Alex Lee, great uh, Alex Lee here, and I guess I have a you know one. I was very, I'm very Im- impressed with the f- the first committee, uh, uh, the healthcare committee uh, uh, meeting. How cool headed and charismatic Ash was. He spoke very well and didn't let anybody face him. Get you know, he he didn't let him get uh, himself defensive or put in any any defensive position. Really cool. And nice. And, and, and I thought that's, wow, great. And then the uh, the second committee went uh, very quickly. But I guess the three questions I have is, number one, how is the decision process made to pull the bill? I guess maybe it's answered already. My ignorance uh, shows in that point. It, uh, is only Ash because he's the main author of the bill? I thought that's there all were his other, decision. Uh, it's all his decision. and So there's another, no other, you know, can there be a system where the, principal co-authors, all the list of senators and assembly people that, you know, have either a consensus or majority uh, vote in in into pull or not pull a bill that, you know, gets some democratic transparency within the people that we, uh, that the legislator allows to put their name on, you know, that piece of paper that says, I support that. By uh, by supporting it, they should have a voice in whether or not it gets uh, pulled or not, if they're, Endorsing it. The second question is: How is organized labor? Uh, how, how is the notion? I've heard a lot of people talking about organized large labor is reluctant to change their past wins, all the all the strikes and things that that have led to certain, you know, you know, hard fought battles to, to gain things. I've I've gotten a feeling that there's a lot of labor organizations that really, and I might be wrong here, um, are opposed. To even thinking about getting to another single payer system, because what they have does well for them, and as they age, they don't want to change it. If it's not broken, don't mess with it. Um, for lack of another word, you um, know how how right or wrong is that idea? And then the other uh, third third question is: Are legislators, are moderate Democrat legislators, opposed because they're simply just gutless, or? And they have no balls, or are they timid, or are they really, you know, truly moderate and and absolutely vehemently opposed to single payer in in the first place? In other words, are we dealing with progressive, democratic, uh, or non progressive, moderate democratic enemies, if you will, that are really timid that can be swayed, or not even timid at all that are just opposed to it? So those are the three questions.
1: All right. Um, I guess I'm supposed to answer, ask, answer the questions, but um, as far as the the unions, I think they endorsed this. They didn't lean into this fight you know, as much as, say, some fights, but they did endorse it, and um, uh, former Assemblymember Lorena Gonzalez came out, and they did make some statements on behalf, but they probably didn't twist arms maybe too hard. Um, as far as uh, your last question, I think a lot of the Assembly members are just garbage and they're only concerned about getting themselves elected and the few that are reachable are only reachable because you convince them that it's in their self-interest. I mean, that's just my take on it. Um, Sarah Wolf.
19: Hi, everybody. Um, Thanks for having this meeting. I was a district leader, um, volunteer with the California Nurses Association. So um, yeah, I guess I've just been thinking about, um, assembly member comments and especially his comment about how he thinks this is in the best interest. And I, I question it. And if he's saying that, if he's genuinely saying that, I also question like why he thinks he can do it alone. Like, why does he think that he is better at convincing, um, his colleagues, that they should support Calcare over the, their own constituents. Like that is a problematic framing for me. I think, you know, I believe in organizing. We've done a lot of this work. So why is he now going at it alone and not wanting the support of us, the people living in the districts, to be the ones to communicate and to, you know, work at it together? Um, so that's one thing I'm thinking about. And then the questions that I had for him. Um, because he said it would go up in flames and it'd be bad for the movement is like who if anyone did he consult about this decision we know probably not not who he wanted but who like just a decision on his own or um or were there colleagues that he spoke to and then my other question is at what when was his plan to pull the bill and like at what when did he know that this was what he was going to do? Like did, if he knew a few weeks ago that he didn't have the vote, votes, was he going to pull it then? I I guess I'm still kind of wondering when this his, decision came about.
1: His statements seem to indicate that they made the decision or he made the decision today, once they got their final whip count and that he had formed the nurses today. Um, and I, I don't have any Information to say otherwise and but you're right, I think it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the movement and the moment we're in to think that pulling the vote and protecting those legislators is less damaging to the movement than um, you know what we're dealing with. So it's just yeah, I think we, we would have been way better off if we just had the vote. and and yeah, I saw some comments. Uh, let's be clear, right? about labor. A lot of unions and labor around the state leaned into this fight. And they endorsed and they organized and members of the unions worked really hard to make sure their unions organized. And we had Lorena Gonzalez a future labor of the uh, Cal labor fed in at the uh, nurses rally last week. So there's a lot of positive movement, but I think it's also fair to say that this is not their top priority bill. We have seen where labor really mobilizes and you can tell the difference. So, I mean, we should be thankful for all the support we got, and also realize that, look, we have more work to do with labor, with ourselves, with assembly members. We we have more work to do to get this done. If everybody was trying as hard as they could, um, this would have passed, but it didn't. So, we got more work to do. That's just uh, there's just no way around it. Um. So I'll bring uh, Kathy in. And thank you, Sarah, so much for all your hard work. I mean, as a uh, you know, organizer, I know that you must be just uh, gutted. Well,
20: I'm I'm from the 41st AD Pasadena, and my question was, he said that they were losing votes as it went on, but I don't think were we ever informed of that, so we knew to lobby these people that we were losing votes on, because I I feel we were ambushed on it. We when we didn't know that.
1: Um. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, look, I, had the, I knew that we had the authors and the co-authors. And even if you had handed me a list of yes votes four days before, I wouldn't trust it. So I was not really focused on getting that whip count because I know so many of those folks that are yes are still so susceptible to influence in the conversation. As soon as you take your eye off the ball, you'll start losing some of those. So that's like to me. Um, that whip count was not as important, but obviously for ash and CNA, they have to be working But for our outside activism um, uh, We wanted to get every person in every district talking to their assembly members um, But yeah, we didn't have any uh, notice um, Shawnee come on in you're next
21: Hi everybody, um So first off, I'm just like devastated that this vote didn't happen. And I think that that was unequivocally wrong. Um, And just to bounce off of what Sarah said, um, like a question that I had that I did want to ask was, um, I just wonder, like, you know, in terms of giving the names of these people, uh, I I feel like there would be use in it. And I wonder what everybody else would think of, uh, you know, there's these people that were, uh, apparently like, you know, like on the fence, they weren't a yes, they weren't a no. And I feel like if we could have gotten those names of those people, you know, then we could have had conversations with those people. Like if the bill was ultimately going to fail and we would have to do it again in a year, at least if we could know, you know, even tonight, even if, you know, with this outcome of of the vote not happening if tonight we could have gotten the names of these people who are on the fence they're not a yes they're not a no and we could start having those conversations because a lot of people who are here you know on this call tonight are party activists um and we know how to have those conversations that's how we either got elected or how we are in these organizing positions to begin with we know how to have those conversations with people who are on the fence And so I just wish, you know, we could have gotten those names and I wonder why we couldn't have gotten those names of those people tonight who are uh, on the fence. And other than that, I'm, you know, heartbroken and I'm devastated and I'm shaken and I'm someone who has a lot of trust issues. And so I just feel at a loss and sad and I'm not sure exactly how to keep moving forward. And I'm glad we're all here together on this call. But I'm yeah, I'm definitely devastated.
1: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I mean, I'm just with you hundred percent But you know, one thing I, I would add though is that let's say we got a list of um you know the people that are definite yes and some that were maybes and some that were definite no's the even among in that group, there's like hardly anybody that was actively advocating for this bill, right? There's the authors and then some of the co-authors and then everybody else is just like, oh, hope it goes okay. I'm just going to moderately say yes and uh, hope for the best or I'll do a tweet. I mean, the organizing around a bill, which you know could have had a massive decrease in human suffering uh, for the people of California, the organizing around it from the people that say they're leading was not nearly as good as it could have been. So with that in mind, I don't mind pulling, you know, the endorsement and having a vote on the endorsement of whomever and asking them to prove um, that they're worthy of it. It's not up to us to say you're not worthy of the endorsement. They're supposed to come and make the argument. And I'm just against these automatic endorsements which are on deck in most uh, districts in California. So,
21: Yes. And just to bounce off that, I did fill out the pre-endorsement organizer form, and I hope everyone here fills out that Google form. Um, cause I think that's a really important thing that we all should organize around. Um,
1: yeah, it's only going to be a few days probably. So it's like two days worth of work, maybe, maybe five. Um, so please sign up and we'll work on that. Uh, starting tomorrow, uh, Karen, you're next up. Thank you, Shani. Asking you to unmute Karen. Uh, Hey everyone. So.
22: I, oh, a I, should probably, wait, 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 I should
1: probably introduce Karen Bernal is the former chair of the uh, progressive caucus. And for those that don't know her, she is the best. Now go Karen. <laughs> uh,
22: three, three terms. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I have a lot of observations. Uh, we have been down this road since 2006 um, in various guises, um, whether it's been about the ballot or um you know, going all the way back to Sheila Kuehl, which you know we actually got further on, you know, with with the, there. And of course, everyone knows, you know, when Arnold was there, of course everyone was vociferous in their uh, support for it. Because why? Well, because Arnold was sitting there. So I just want to say that um, I think we are at this place here where we do have to go after the twenty percent overall. If you know, there is. The next two days, uh, it, it's good to kind of, uh, you know, be as a warm up for that. But um, a lot of thoughts are kind of going around in my head. One of them is there's going to be tremendous pressure. First off, I do think that he got a phone call. I I, I mean, look, the mystery about why, the, you know, to, that Shawnee's asking, the mystery is the big difference here is that next January there won't be an election around the corner there won't be an election season there um i think that a lot of the articles that had come out in the last few days regarding the endorsements and the pre-endorsements and all of that and the debates that were had in the in the democratic caucus um you know amongst the legislators where they were very upset that we were talking about this is i do believe it is related to today's action and that they did not want to um, be on record for that, and they, they they thought that this was a way to avoid that. Okay, but here's a problem for them. The problem for them is that we're we're going to turn this into an election issue. The problem for them is that we are going to be across the board now because they've given us no other choice but to pull the 20% across the board. And here's the here's the part that gets sticky. Now, right now, we know that nationally, the Democrats what's their favorite issue right now voting rights they're screaming at republicans about voting rights but we they do their own form of voter suppression they do their own form of anti-democratic moves so that we can't even exercise democracy in the democratic party and one of the and here's the other thing there's going to be tremendous pressure put on the nurses at the governmental relations level Because they could, you know, imagine all the nurses with us, pulling names, collecting, helping us collect the 20%. Once the leadership, the legislative leadership finds out that nurses are going to help us achieve the 20% of the delegate threshold across the board. Imagine that phone call to Stephanie Roberson's office. Imagine... Imagine them saying, saying, "Call off the dogs and do not participate in that." There is going to be pressure put on everyone all all around. And so uh, we need to make sure that we are in strong partnership, that we get the assurance of the nurses that they will help us in this in this regard. Call through the delegates, get the twenty percent. And uh, yeah, I, I just want to say this, you know we've been down this road before. It's an exercise in cynicism, and, You know what? Um, They're practicing their own form of uh, of uh, voter suppression themselves because they don't want to uh, they don't want to face it. The other big point I'd like to make is that one of the things that Ash said was about the fact that the votes weren't there and that this is going to look really good next uh, next year when we get new legislators. But you know that's not plausible. Uh, That's not a plausible argument when the most salient counterpoint to that is that the industry is going to spend untold amount of money into those races to ensure that those people are not elected. And, 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 and we cannot match that dollar for dollar. Maybe we could if we got to Bernie level kind of thing, but that's that's the thing. Someone needed to t- say to him, so what do you say uh, uh, to the point that Uh, the industry is going to spend millions of dollars uh, against those people that they know won't vote their way and they won't be there next year. Then what? That's all I have to say. Yeah. So kick ass with love in your hearts, but, but but be angry. You can be angry and, and full of love too. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Karen. Karen's participation always lifts the debate. Thank you so much for being here. Isaac.
23: Oh, hey, thank you, uh, Omar, I appreciate you having uh, pulled this together. And um, I, I would like, what I was going to do is ask Ash what he's doing to ensure that the candidates who are true champions for single payer win in their elections uh, this November, because he's kept saying we're going to have even more uh, pro single payer uh, members soon. Um, but what I'd like to add to that, since he's not here is um, in the elections for the caucus board, uh, there there were uh, there was a team of candidates who were encouraging, who were campaigning on um, making this caucus a um, an organizing and educational powerhouse, so that the leadership would be involved in encouraging and educating all members to become uh, organizers in their districts. And I love a lot of the actions that you've been leading. Um, uh, and I'd like to encourage you again, to please keep keep in mind the idea that uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the things that we need to do in the party and with the assembly members and, and with ourselves. But you didn't mention what we need to do to build the movement, to grow the movement outside of ourselves, and I'm not sure if that's deliberate. I'm not sure if you're you're thinking that as the 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 chair of this caucus, you really just want to focus on the caucus members getting involved in the party, as opposed to growing the movement, growing the 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 number of progressives activists and organizers, so that we can get that magical one to 3% of the population educated, agitated, mobilized, inoculated, and becoming organizers themselves. Because that's the the type of movement, the size of the movement that we need if we're ever going to beat the greedy billionaires and their corporations. So um, I'd love to hear from you or, or the other board members on any thoughts along those lines.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, regarding participation in the party, we've had this discussion over a number of meetings the last uh, during this past year, um, and tonight could not have underlined it anymore. We do not want people participating in the Democratic Party more. We want you to alter the way you participate in the California Democratic Party. I mean, if you get as delegate, great. If you want to come and vote to, for endorsements, great. And on who um, you know runs the party, but the resolutions, the platforms, the you know go go into these bullshit events where nothing really happens. Um, you know all these internecine battles and fights on Facebook with all the other um, activists over getting a resolution passed or rule or whatever. That is all lost time that should be going to organizing. So you should lean into your local progressive candidates, work with them to get them elected, your your local Our Revolution or, you know, Wellstone or whatever um, in your area, fund progressives in the East Bay or, or, or whatever the organization is, because they know best what's going on in your region. What we serve to do is to amplify and to organize and then to push those moments in the party where we can have some effect. Um, and that's what this uh, organizing is going to be about next is bringing more people into this segment of the movement to participate in this specific endorsement battle and then not to continue in the party, but to get back out in their community and organize. I hope that answers the question. I'm going to bring up a uh, John who always has um, good stuff to, to uh, add to the conversation. Uh, asking you to unmute John. And if any of the other officers want to answer on that one, uh, let me know, feel free.
24: Okay. Uh,
1: First of all, let me say,
24: too, that uh, like Karen uh, Amar, I served as the uh, vice chair of the caucus. And also, too, I later served as a member at large. I just want to make sure that that's that's out there as well, too.
1: Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. i founding uh, members. Yeah, thanks.
24: Also, too, let me say this as well, too. I want to give you a, a lot of props. For your interview today, uh, at least what I saw on status quo, and I did post my response to your interview. I thought you was forthcoming, uh, unapologetic, and you was making demands, and I found that that's what we need to talk about. However, my problem with the other part has to do with that whole notion of the a Democrat, being a Democrat. And this is where it's going to get contentious with me. And some of my colleagues on this call may want to find, may want to disengage. And it's OK as well, too. But what I don't understand as to why are you upset about this vote? That tells me that you don't, two things, you don't understand the nature of this institution. I agree much of what Karen had to say earlier, but there are some things I disagreed with Karen about. Secondly, this is a bourgeois party. It's not going to do the things that you wanted to do. That's not going to happen. Secondly, talking about changing healthcare, healthcare in this country is over a billion dollar industry. Wall Street has investment in this. And if you think that the ruling class is going to bend over and allow, allow this to happen, they understand that if you move toward a single payer healthcare program in this country, it will turn around and, and move the social dynamics in a whole different direction. If you don't know that, they know it. Now, just a few years ago, you don't. You guys may not recall, Karen had a panel discussion, she convened, on Venezuela. She took a lot of heat for that, but I understood what Karen was doing, because what she was doing was drawing a parallel between Venezuela, what they were able to do with social provision for a developing country, and what working people in this country could have and not organizing around and the problem what went wrong with here's the expectations on on expecting more from these bourgeois politicians that operate within the democratic party over and over again it's like a broken record that's the problem and we have to move away from that mr smith goes to watch the madness when you're talking about changing Singapore healthcare, you're talking about a whole social, pro- social dynamic shift, a whole social program. It changes everything. And that we will have to struggle and fight for. The problem is that we're organizing, at least from the standpoint of, of how you organize, and I understand what Isaac was saying, you are organizing within the bourgeois electoral process. The problem with this is that the masses of the people didn't know about this. How do I know? Because I was out talking. A lot of people have no idea about AB 14, a single pair. They have no idea. We need, if you're going to be down for liberation, liberating the working class and talk about moving the working class, you've got to engage them. You've got to have meetings. you got to get away from these democratic clubs and go to where people are. I've said that over and over again. Until that happened, you will be here next year, hemming and hawing about, Unrealist expectations. If you want these provisions one you got to go to where these people are—the churches, the unions. Now let me address the whole issue with unions.
1: Ajamu, hey, um, uh, uh, I know we have. Okay, folks. Can I, can okay, I cool.
4: That?
1: Can I answer it? Uh, uh, go right here, brother. Go right here. All right. So here's here's the thing. You can be angry about this vote, but if anybody asked me ahead of this vote, I was telling everybody I was cautiously pessimistic. I mean, we didn't there was a very good chance we weren't going to be successful. But you should not mistake the organizing we do inside the Democratic Party as all the organizing we do, right? That's not what I'm doing. I didn't say that. Uh, I I, I didn't say that. Uh, Hear hear me out. Hear me out. I'm going to mute you for a second. Hear me out, right? So, you know, I, I want folks to join DSA. And I've said that before. And I want folks to join Sunrise. And if it's March for Your Lives, join that. And if it's Feel the burn, join that. I do not want the majority of folks doing this part of the exercise, which is inside the party, Democratic Party, showing up, pushing these elected officials. But that work also needs to be done. Um, But, you know, we can't be everywhere all the time to all people. And the work you're talking about, being out in the communities, yeah, we do that, but not in the the form of the progressive caucus. And, you know, I don't want to discourage folks that do that work, you know, the Working Families Party, but, you know, whatever you think of them, um, they their uh, project is something we need in the state. And so we I attended their event and I support Jane Kim and the work that she's doing um, because, you know, that's the kind of uh, outreach we need. And um, yeah, if somebody wants to organize a project where the Progressive Caucus you know, uh, puts the word out regarding other grassroots organizing, I'm always available to help people do that. But we have to understand that the Progressive Caucus is, you know, using its expertise on how to leverage the party so that we can help support all those people that are organizing outside the party. We can't be everything to all people all the time. All right, so Ajamu, I'm gonna let some other people talk and then I promise you, I will come back to you. All right, Um, Gordon Miller. Uh,
8: Yes, Uh, this is just another example of big money running the political process on a bipartisan basis. Um, it doesn't matter what the issue is, it can be climate change, it can be uh, health care, it can be guns, You know, it doesn't matter. The, the ones, it's the golden rule, He's, he who has the gold makes the rules. Shouldn't progressives and this caucus elevate campaign finance reform and campaign financing issues to the front burner. It always gets put in after these more important causes. But as a guy named Lawrence Lessig says, the most important issue is your issue, whatever it is. But the first thing that has to be done is to get big money out of politics. So can that be taken up as something to be done in the very near future so other important issues can be addressed. Um and uh yeah I'll leave it at that.
1: All right. Thank you, Gordon. Appreciate it. Uh Lauren, you're next.
25: Unmute. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, thanks for recognizing me. I know I don't live in California anymore, but I did do a show on this um, with Michael Lighty and Maureen Cruz a few weeks ago. So I'm very invested. I've been working for single payer since 2004 when it was called One Care. And I I wanted to amplify what Karen said because, yes, it was very easy for both uh, houses of the legislature to pass that because they knew that Schwarzenegger was going to veto it. And similarly, in 2017, I think everybody knows that Anthony Rendon held that bill in the Rules Committee because Jerry Brown said to him, Don't embarrass me by passing a bill that I'm going to have to veto. And this is a man who, when he was running against uh, Bill Clinton for president in, 20, in 1992, made the argument in favor of single payer. Um, I also agree with the person who said earlier that candidates exist to get reelected. I learned that in Government 101 in 1975 when I was a freshman in college. And I, I feel like since I was involved in the Occupy movement, I've become very cynical about electoral politics And I believe that Chris Hedges is right when he says that things are so corrupted now. All the institutions, like he said in the death of the liberal classes, that we counted on to represent us, the Democratic Party, um, the universities, the unions, they've all been either corrupted or co-opted. And I don't feel that someone like Ash was corrupted, but I think there's something about belonging to an institution of multiple members, and you see it with AOC. You can't really behave like an activist once you get elected because they can freeze you out. And I firmly believe that while he wants to say it was his decision, somebody told him to hold that bill, and it was probably Newsom. And I think the flaw was, you know, now this is crying over spilled milk, of course, and you can't do anything about it now, was as i said during the recall and i said this to the anti-fracking people too that they needed to get a pledge from newsom before they helped him beat the recall that he would both push for this bill and also ban fracking i personally think that ajamu is right um and i'd like to see because i feel like the occupy movement and the bernie sanders movement which were the two most important movements in my lifetime uh, resonated with me because all of our issues were together. And I think when you silo these issues, whether it's, you know, trying to get um, rent control passed or single payer or um, uh, racial justice reform, I mean I just think about Shirley Weber's bill, you know, just trying to get that teeny little change in the language about um officer involved shootings. Uh, it Lord becomes Lord so I guess my point is that um, I think that I don't know. I, I know that you're all in a party right now, so this advice is probably not going to sit well. But I think that um, you know, I think the real answer for our movement for all these reforms is gonna be to hit them in their pocketbooks and general strikes, rent strikes, student debt strikes, and if we could get solidarity of the people, um, on all these issues, which involves a lot of political education, which is the organizing that you were all talking about, I think that's where the answer lies. And I agree with you that these procedural things, these resolutions, these platforms, you spend so much time on them, and and then they come to backfire. Like I was thinking, oh, it's really great. Now you're basically going to tell them that you're not going to vote for them if they don't support this bill. But then somebody just said, hey, look. That's why they pulled the vote because you announced that. So even though it was a great strategy and you guys were finally fighting back, I think it did sort of backfire. I don't know if you agree with that, but I don't know. That's, that's all I really wanted to say.
1: All right. Yeah. Thanks. And, and speaking to that issue, I think there's, there's two uh, miscalculations, right? There's obviously there's Assemblymember Calra who just, you know, made this this bad decision but there's also the you know the powers that be in the democratic party and in the assembly who believe that if we push for no vote and we push for cholera for no vote then there won't be a record so they can't they won't know who which endorses to pull, which is just a fundamental misunderstanding of what we've been saying from day one we have been saying for months. That we should pull almost everybody. That if you're wrong on any bill along the way, that we should be pulling uh, those endorsements. It was just a happenstance of the calendar that the, this CalCare happened to come in now right before the pre-endorsement vote. But it had always been our plan, and it will. That project will continue. It was just being that you know uh, CalCare will be a, the catalyst that we use for the next couple of days. So you know they miscalculated, but our uh, process remains
4: the same. Uh, Mark, Uh, Thank you, Omar, for being such a steady hand during this meeting. Uh, A lot of truth tonight. I'm proud of everybody here. I just wanted to reinforce what Betty said, and that is ballot initiative. We were betrayed tonight. We will be betrayed again. Political officials will bow to party power and money. So let's start strategizing. Let's start thinking about how we get those signatures, how we get the funding, how we get as much of labor on board as we can. Let's start planning this ballot initiative and let's have this fight out in the open. I don't mind the insurance companies and big pharma having to spend millions of dollars against us. I don't mind that. All I know is that we can't wait. We can't wait another year for another betrayal. There will be another stooge who will take the fall. California can't wait. The millions of Californians suffering under this immoral health care system can't wait. So let's start strategizing and planning for a ballot initiative. I'm, re- I'm ready to have that conversation with anybody. Ballot initiative. Thank you, everybody.
1: Yeah, thank you. And that's a, the one thing I want to add on to is that about a conven- what he said about somebody taking the fall. You know, this time around, pressure was placed on Senator Senate to pull the bill. So, you know, the blame is on him. Last time around, it was Assemblymember Rendon who uh, pulled it out of the Assembly. And before that, you know, it was uh, Schwarzenegger. And before that, and before that, and before that, um, we have to realize that this is all one project. And um, we have to treat it like that and organize around it like that. Um, Marlene. Marlene, go ahead.
20: Hi. Um, I pretty much agree with a lot that Lauren said about it being the governor that called it. Not only has he never run on this, the fact that um, he hasn't has really been devastating. In fact, that he's been saying, I really don't want to see it on my desk. But beyond that is the fact that in so-called saying that he won the recall election in a landslide, isn't really true. The other elder lost it in a landslide, but it's only because they didn't pick a candidate. They picked any other candidate but him. Uh, Not been for the money involved in that. Newsom pretty much probably would have lost. And it's not just, he doesn't support it just because he knows that. He never really has stood up for it. And we spend so much time just worrying about our legislators not having the courage or the belief system to support this. We're not spending enough time getting that governor on board. And I think that's that's really gotta be a, 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 something we really need to put an effort on.
1: Thank you, Marlene, appreciate it. Rodolfo, you're next.
26: Uh, Hello, good evening, everyone. Um, So obviously, you know, I think that we're all heartbroken about what happened today. Um, At the same time, of course, it's predictable. You know, I remember, yeah, five years ago when Rendon did this, um, you know, as you uh, just mentioned, Mark. And we can go back in history and they just keep on doing it. Um, So I think we have to really wake up. You know, there's a lot of debate on the call about... You know, could we work with Ash in the future or others? I think we have to realize that at least as far as the assembly people, they are all against us. They are all against us. Do you? Does anyone on this call seriously think that Silicon Valley would let a true progressive sit uh, represent them in the assembly? Ashes from San Jose. Hello. We need to wake up. Just because someone calls themselves progressive or they're progressive on one little thing or they're dangling the carrot does not make them truly progressive. So that's why you know we're d- also debating about what, what. Okay, what's next? Well, I agree that you know a ballot measure is very important. However, we should also run candidates. But now that it's election season, so I'm, and I'm making this statement you know as a as a constituent of Rendence and you know someone who really supported Maria Estrada and all that that she brought to the table. And the reason why so many people in our community supported Maria Estrada is because she was truly unapologetically progressive and everyone knew that there had been years of work that she could point to in, in the community. So that's where I think we really need to do a better job as, uh, you know, broadly progressive uh, left oriented people, because we're getting played left and right Um Again, Ash is just one example. There's plenty others. Uh, certainly, in the Congress, you know, why are people in the Congress who call themselves progressive? Why are they not uh, calling to force the vote? We have to ask ourselves these very serious questions. Just because they come out uh, to support us on one thing does not mean that uh, they're going to support us going forward. And they're oftentimes just predatory. Um, I want to specifically mention we all we just have to be very careful. Like, why are there Rendon staffers on this call? Calderon is a Rendon staffer. Why are there Rendon um, delegates uh, that committed election fraud on this call, like the mayor of Elizabeth Alcantar? Like, we have to wake up just because someone says they're progressive and is now running uh, as progressive on their website does not make them progressive. Uh, and by the same token, look at, you know, we have Leticia Wilson, uh, Vasquez Wilson also on the call. You know, there's plenty of history of her actually being there. In fact, I met her outside of Rendon protest when he shelved this bill, which I'm sure many of you were at, at the same protest. We have to do a much better job at actually uh, assessing candidates uh, as being true progressives. I was recently on another call where another candidate said that they put little feathers on their logo. They're running for Congress, again, to represent me and many other people. They put those feathers on their logo, they said, because they wanted to virtue signal. That's the phrase they used to progressives, to burners, to us. So we have to be very careful. Uh, about these people that claim that they're progressive in this election cycle. We have to look at their histories. We can't just keep falling for this same broken record. We have to snap out of it. Uh, our lives depend on it. Stop falling for these false, fake people, some of whom are on the call. We have to do a far better job. If we truly care about uh, our lives, our family's life, the future, Medicare for all, and all of that, we need to do a b- far better job uh, at vetting our candidates. Um, so I truly hope that and just so that no one calls me out on some uh, false statement, uh, I'm gonna share I think, uh, you, I, I think you should wrap up. Of course anyway, thank you so much for having this call. I just, you know, again, just because someone says a progressive, like the participant Elizabeth Alcantar, does not mean they're progressive. Everyone can see some evidence in the uh, YouTube link that I am now sharing. So thank you again. Let's keep going forward, but let's be care very careful about um you know what some politicians are doing to our to our movement. Thanks.
1: Thank you,